Hi, welcome to the Berry Nation podcast, where we support the community with humor, humility, and honesty. My name is Jason. I'm Natalie, and we have a very special guest with us today, Miss Tanya. Thank you for joining us. Of course, I'm honored. (laughs) Yes, Um, we're so excited to chat with you. Not only is your story just incredible, inspiring, all of the things. Um, But we also wanted to chat with you about how you're staying steady over the summer. We know that you've had some, uh, some anniversaries that you have been kind of reflecting on and things. So we just wanted to chat with you. But first, before we dive in, Hi friends, it's April. We are so excited to officially announce that ProCare Health is the official vitamin of Berry Nation. We were introduced to ProCare Health at the first Bariatric Society retreat in San Diego, and we have all fallen in love with our product and with the people behind the company. Jason, Natalie, and I have all made the switch to ProCare Health daily bariatric multivitamins, and we are seeing huge results. We invite you to check out ProCare Health by visiting them online at www.procarenow.com and use the code BERRYNATION for 10% off your order. And you guys, this even applies to vitamin subscriptions services. So if you want your vitamins delivered every month or every 90 days, that 10% off is going to apply to that subscription. See what I mean about patient forward, patient centered? ProCare is amazing and we are so excited to be partnered with them. Welcome to the Berry Nation family, ProCare Health. Can you introduce yourself? Who are you? What surgery did you have? I am Tanya. Um, I am in the Pacific Northwest, just outside of Portland, almost to the coast of Oregon. And I had VSG November, or excuse me, July 30th of 2020 in the height of COVID. And um, I am 54 years old. So I am like one of those older patients. So it is for everyone. Um, and uh, my handle on Instagram is uh, VSG My Way Tanya, and um, I'm a grandma and I'm a widow. Yes, so that's kind of where my story is. Yes, and um, some of us even call you Mama T because she <laughs> is such a mom to all of us. I hung out with you over the last weekend uh, in wine country in Washington, and we just had a blast. And it was fun for me to get to know you a little bit more over that weekend. It was great. Well, and that's one of the amazing things about you and your story, Tanya, is because not only are you all of these things, but you're also a very avid traveler. Like you do things, you do not let any, your age, the surgery, any any circumstances that have happened to you, any of any part of your story, none of that holds you back from doing all that you want to do in life. Like every time we see you, you're somewhere different or doing something new or a new adventure. So that's one of the most amazing things that, that has captivated us about your story from the beginning. So... Well, you know, life is short. I learned that when my husband was killed and I can't, I had surgery not to be on the sideline of my life anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that I had started that process. He, I was four months post-op and we were involved. We were hit head on by a driver and my husband was killed. And I actually coded on the way to the hospital and spent a week in the ICU Um, I was on a ventilator and I had two major surgeries on my abdomen where part of my lower intestines was removed and my cat's making noise and (laughs) (laughs) as I'm getting deep here. And um, so I had that, I had 
nine broken ribs. I had a broken eye socket, a broken cheekbone. And I had to start all over at four months post-op where I had just started eating. I had just started doing things and moving and feeling good and, and getting comfortable with my new life from having, you know, 80% of my stomach removed. Then all of this hit me and I was alone, essentially. Um, I spent a week with my daughter and family and my grandkids, and they were amazing and took most wonderful care of me. Um, and then I came home and then it was just me and my kitties. And I knew though, because of having gastric sleeve surgery, how important movement is. And even though I had broken ribs and all of this pain and 47 staples down my abdomen and all of, you know, just, I always say I had um, broken bones, a broken heart and a broken soul, but I didn't let it break me because I knew I had to move my body. So I would go outside and I would walk part way down and I'd come back and I do it every few hours. As hard as it was, I would do it because I knew from having my surgery, how important that was in the beginning of that. And I knew how important getting my protein in and how important getting my water in. And so that's, I just went back to those basics of having a protein shake or drinking my water and moving my body. And I, they kept saying, we can't believe how fast you're healing. We can't believe you're, you're doing these things. And it, it was like, well, it was either that, or they were going to make me go to a rehab center. And I no way in heck was I going to do that. People go there to die or get sick. And I wasn't doing that. Wasn't happening. And yeah. I didn't care. I had great neighbors around me. I had a great group of people. And I really wasn't alone. I mean, I had this community of people that I had just started getting to know that rallied around me. And I was just like, who are these strangers? And why are they sending me messages and well wishes and cards in the mail? Like, this is weird. They don't know me. But I had also went on Instagram and just started talking. And it was like therapy for me. Mm-hmm. Not only that, I have a great therapist who's a unicorn because she deals with all the same mental issues I do and is a bariatric patient. Wow. Yeah. So I've got, I mean, like I, the stars have aligned in my journey for me, even though shit has happened. Well, and the, the kind of the, the thing about it that is, is a blessing and a curse at the same time. It's like, you're having to try to rebuild after surgery which is super hard anyway and a lot of people you know deal with the grief of grieving their past life and the uncertainty of how they're going to live their new life because it's you know nobody knows we don't know how to live healthy because we never have obviously because you know we do the things so you try to build that roadmap of how that's going to go for you but at the same time you're dealing with the rest of your life you know falling apart basically at, at the same time having to heal from surgeries that you had to have to to save your life but the blessing out of all of that is the fact that the protein that you have to take in for healing from the you know from the surgery from the VSG is also what helped you heal your injuries from the from the accident at the same time because we've learned early on that you know all the protein that we do is specifically to heal our bodies from the you know the intake of protein so i couldn't imagine like when I hear you talk about what you did, you know, had to go through post-op, I'm like, 
I quit caffeine a year ahead of time, so I didn't have to go through caffeine withdrawals and and recovering at the same time. So right. I, I can't even begin to imagine what it was like to have to try to put your life back together at the same time you're trying to heal from not only your your VSG surgery, but all the surgeries you had to you know go through just to to be here today. Yeah, it was it. You know, and I won't lie, it was hard. It was it was it was completely hard. But I also really struggled and really I dug deep inside of me and said I can either come home and curl up in a ball in the fetal position and cry and feel bad for myself or I can find joy yep and I'm like I I would rather find joy versus the other I would rather find happiness and I don't get me wrong I mean it's been two years and I still break down and cry I still have moments or something will happen or I'll see something or a, a memory will pop up on my phone of things. And I'm just like, and I feel those feelings and I move through the feelings. And I always say, everybody goes, well, how have you moved on? How can you move on? Well, I've not moved on, but I move forward. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference. And that's where a lot of people, I think, even if with our weight loss surgery, you're not moving on from your former life you're not moving on from being that fat kid or that you know whatever your situation was the unhealthy person you're never ever moving on from it but you're moving forward into a new chapter into a new part of your life and I think that when we change those little words it changes our mindset to where we can do better because not it's not about all of the other things. It's about how we can change those one word and do better. Yeah, because those of us who have had surgery know that, or anybody who's lost weight knows, you don't ever lose the person you were. No. You're not. That person stays with you like a shadow for the rest of your life. Because that yeah, you you never forget where you came from, kind of thing. It's like, oh, it's always there in the back of your mind. And sometimes it's there in the front of your mind because you look in the mirror and you see yourself as who you used to be, not who you did. But the one of the best ways you can honor your who you want to be is by showing up for yourself every day and doing what you say. It's moving forward, but never forgetting where you know what brought you here in the first place. Right. And it- as I was listening to you speak, Tanya, it's, we grieve our past selves and to have to go through not only grieving your past self, but also grieving someone so close to you. It's like the two are not different. They're very synonymous. And, um, I was thinking, I've been thinking about grief lately. My grandma passed away two years ago, been having kind of a day today. But it pop, it pops up, like you said, every once in a while, you'll just be eating breakfast like I was this morning. And you're like, oh, oh, man, like something just hit me. Yeah. But it happens with our past selves, my 400 pound self and our loved ones. Yeah. So I can't even imagine. I mean, I can, but yours was so close together. I can't imagine having to go through those two processes of grief together it was it 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 not I can't use even say the word was hard it is hard yeah Um, I I can't 
I mean, my husband and I were together almost 30 years, two wonderful children, um, you know, my best friend and life wasn't perfect. As we know, relationships are not perfect. And for me to say it was great and flowers all the time, it would, I'd be lying. <laughs> so I won't, I won't lie. <laughs> and, you know, but we, you know, we raised two great kids. We had three great grandkids, three wonderful grandchildren. And uh, my daughter lives close by. My son lives in Australia. So that little piece was really hard for me and is really hard for me because he's not been here through any of this with me. And for him to come home, it was dumb. I'm like, no, you're not coming home. You're, you need to stay there and, and do your, do your, live your best life. Cause yeah. you, can, you need to come home and watch mom be sad. And, and then I even thought about that. It's like, no, mom's not sad. I didn't have unsaid business with my husband. Um, and I could have come home also and pulled out the Doritos that he had in the pantry because that's what he ate, you know, five foot 10 and 130 pounds his whole life. He didn't understand. He would always say to me, well, just go on a diet or exercise. I'm not going to say the things that I said to him about that. <laughs> okay. Um, but it, it was hard for him, but he supported me in doing this because he understood that I wanted to take my health back. Mm -hmm. And there's even times now where I'm like, um, I could have easily pulled those Doritos out and sat and ate, tried to eat my feelings away. It would have upset my stomach, but... <laughs> you know, I didn't do it. I didn't allow myself because I felt like I did this to honor me first and foremost. So I'm going to take care of me, but I also need to honor that support he was giving me in the beginning by continuing to do the right things mm -hmm. and to continue to grow myself into this healthier, happier life. That, mm -hmm. like I said, it doesn't mean I still don't get sad and I don't have moments but I also laugh a lot about things that we did because we did great things. We traveled a lot with our kids. They grew up driving race cars and we were in the road a lot, a lot of family time in the car talking and stupid listening to stuff on the radios and all of that. And so even now, like when I'm traveling and I take my travel trailer out and go somewhere, something will come on the radio and I will laugh out loud in the car all by myself. And I'm sure the people in the car next to me are looking over going, what's wrong with that lady? <laughs> She's over there laughing at herself, <laughs> but it, it's what we have to do yeah. as human beings to survive Absolutely. stuff. We have to feel it. We have to go through it and we have to understand it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my cycle. Yeah. Well, and, and and that's the best way to look at it doing because you you had the opportunity when what you thought was the rest of your life turned out to not be the rest of your life. When what you thought was laid out for you turned out to absolutely take the hardest left turn it could take, you're faced with two options. Like you said, you can curl up, eat the Doritos, or you can honor your best self, honor your husband's wishes and his support and move forward. And so many of us, when we're faced with those challenges, just automatically revert back to how we used to be and try to eat those feelings or try to come up, you know, I, you know, it pales in comparison, but, you know, my mother, um, Tuesday will be her eighth, uh, the eighth anniversary of her passing. 
Um, and so it's just, you know, it's one of those things that I know it's coming. My Facebook's going to be horrible the next few days because the memories are going to be leading up to where we thought she was going to get better. And then she passed. And then all, you know, the next week or so is just going to be off. But at the same time, much like you say, much like, you know, the rest of us are talking about it, 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 it comes a choice. You have a choice, you have an option, you can deal with it head on, which is only going to help benefit you in your journey moving forward not leaving your old self behind, but moving forward with the way life is going to be now, because you're the author of your story. At the end of the day, you're the one that writes the ending. So it can end however you want it to. So while it, like you said, it's going to be hard, it will be very hard. There, It's not every day is going to be rainbows and gumdrops and rain, you know, all the things. There's going to be tough times, You, but this is where your support system comes in the most handy. You have to have people around you that are going to support you, but also hold you accountable at the same time. Yes. Because a lot of us want to just fold into the emotions and just let it sweep us away. But you have to have somebody there with a lifeline that's going to pull you back that will not allow you, you know, give you a little bit of leeway to kind of be like, oh, well, this kind of sucks. And it's sad. Absolutely. It does. Let's go through those together. Like, talk to me about the emotions. Let's talk through it. Do whatever processes need to be done, whether it's let you cry it out, whether it's what it, whatever that may be, whatever it looks like, it has to look like a way that you can process those emotions without harming yourself in the process. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's, and I've told, you know, the people around me, like, if you see me maybe too many days in a row, not maybe doing the best that I should be doing, check on me, call me out on it. Make me question me. Yep. You know, and do it in a, and I think we can do that for people. I think that we can check in on them without being like, what are you doing wrong? But more of a, how are you doing? What can I do for you? Are you sure you're making the right choices right now? Absolutely. Kind of put it back to us to have yeah. to then reflect on maybe I'm not making the best choices. Maybe I need to be doing something better. You know, all of those things. And it's hard. And it's hard not knowing like what to say sometimes. And I that's why I tell people all the time, I am an open book. Say whatever you want to me because you're not going to offend me. I think that's something that's really nice about this community though, is that uh, because we all have a history with, you know, eating and being bigger and maybe not being socially accepted and things like that, I think that's where I've found solace and a place of comfort because, you know, you know, Jason and Tanya, you both know, like, I'm very opinionated, but I'm also nice about it. And that's how all my friends are <laughs> too. And I feel like, yeah, we can call each other out and be like, Hey, like I noticed, you know, are you doing okay? And, and we can say, Oh yeah. And you go, really? Are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, you, answered that, you answered that a little too quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and that's my favorite way to do it is just to reach out and be like hey you've been kind of quiet lately is everything good that's a, the best way to kind of the conversation starter of it all because the answer is going to tell you everything you need to know as to whether or not it's time to dig a little deeper or you let that let the answer ride i mean if you know yeah. the people you're talking to it's going it, to there's going to be telltale signs where you're going to be like yeah but mm, like let's let's probe this a little deeper yeah so tanya i this big 
two huge events happened very close together for you. How, as a bariatric patient, how have you been able to kind of help yourself move forward in, I guess, more of a bariatric way? For me, it's been to put me first, which is something most of us don't do, something I never knew that was acceptable or the right thing to do. I have completely learned how to say no. I've learned how to put myself first. And I've learned that if I am taking care of me, I'm better for the people around me. And it's the weirdest thing ever. Unfortunately, my mom never did that and doesn't do that. And I've watched her health go down. And I, I think that that has helped me also like seeing the people that don't do that and realizing and learning how I feel about myself. Like I can honestly say like, this is the first time in my entire life. I, I not only like myself, I love who I am. I love me for me. And it's weird to say it out loud, but it's also true. And so I think by doing things for me and doing things that make me happy, it's helped me make the good choices. It's helped me on the the days where I feel like crap and just want to sit on the couch and, and maybe not make good choices and binge watch TV go, okay, well, I'm going to feel these feelings today, but I can't watch 10 episodes of whatever until I go walk a mile where I live. Then I can come back and I can have my pity party on the couch. Mm-hmm. And then I need to go walk another mile. Yeah. And that's well, and a, lot of t- a lot of times by then, by the time you're done with that walk on the mile, you probably don't want to sit and binge watch 10 episodes of anything because that, that gets your body going and the endorphins and everything and else. And yeah. And the sadness kind of, you had time to process all the shit that you were going to be sad about on your walk. And by the time you get back, you're all jazzed up and energized. So you're like, oh, let's do something else. So, I mean, yep. that's, that's amazing. And it's hard. Okay. It's hard to do. But I also have been like that person who I don't have somebody right here next to me. I mean, and a lot of people don't have somebody. I mean, Nat, you're, you're single, you're there by yep. yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's hard because you don't have that person right there giving you the stink eye of, go move your body or go whatever. So you have to look in the mirror and give it to yourself. Oh yeah. I mean, so, and I know that sounds weird, but no, it doesn't because I kind of went through that Friday, Saturday this weekend. Cause I, I work four ten, So I have three days off on the weekends, which is great. Um, but I was like, man, I'm just exhausted. I've been go, 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 you know? So it's like, okay, I'm just going to like, not do anything this weekend, which I did for two days. I was, or for, I'll say one and a half days, because then yesterday I I was like, your house is a mess. Um, you haven't gone off the couch in like two days since you got off work. Like, come on, we haven't walked Hooper, like poor Hooper sitting over there, like sad. And I was like, okay, enough. Like, get up, you know, and I had to give myself that talk because yeah, yeah, I don't have anyone here who's like, all right, let's go do something. I have to be that person for myself, which is very hard. 
And then I had the same issue today. This morning, I got up early. I was like, okay, today's going to be a good day. And then I got remind, like grief hit me. And I was like, oh, never mind. I just want to, I just want to be on the couch today. And then I look over it. I guess Hooper is my person because he'll kind of look at me like, are we gonna, are we gonna go outside? And so I did that, but it's hard. Like you said, it's hard to motivate yourself. It's super hard. I mean, I, you know, I don't have a dog to do. I have cats that stay in the house and they just jump all over me. So, and wine here in the back, but they, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's, this is a difficult journey for yeah. anyone to yeah. take control of your life. And that's what we do when we have bariatric surgery, no matter which surgery we have, it's to take control of our lives. It's not to get skinny. It's not to look a certain way. And it's not, it's to get healthy and to be active and be part of our life. I mean, that's the bottom line. And at least for me. And so I can't sit around and have a pity party all the time. No, as hard as it is, you know, Keith's birthday, our anniversaries are, you know, the, the date of his death, the trial being put over the, all of the things that I get hit with all the time. And it's like, okay, I can't change it. So what can I do? What's in my control? Yeah. And what's in my control is finding happiness and finding joy, finding my rainbows. That's always been our sign. We always say, because the day of the accident, my daughter left her house to meet at the hospital and there was this huge rainbow. And so we see rainbows every time something really hard to you know, like when you're squirting your hose and you're watering your plants and sometimes there's that little rainbow you'll see in there. I see that, you know, those are the little, where I get my little moments. Those are my little signs of you're doing the right thing. Yeah. You're doing the right thing. It might be hard Tanya, but you're doing it. Well, and that's, and that's kind of the, the hardest thing that people, people kind of take for granted, I guess, is the fact that hard stuff's going to happen. Like you're not in this, just because you had surgery, it doesn't mean life's going to take it easy on you. doesn't mean you're going to get a break so that, you know, you can figure out how to deal with it all. Like you just, like you said, I mean, it happened really quick after you had your surgery. So you can get hit in the face with something the very next day after you have a surgery, you're not going to be prepared to deal with it, but you're going to have to find a way through it because on the other side of that is your rainbow. Like what you had talked about, you're going to find your rainbow, but it's going to be on the other side of the hard stuff. You've got to trudge through it, but you know, those process and those emotions are super important because I, you know, I like to, one of the things I like to say about things like that is it's like, you have to treat it like it's a loading zone. You can park there for a minute, but you got to unpack that shit and you got to keep it moving because somebody's going to come along and tell you, you got to move anyway. So it's okay to sit there in a minute, you know, you know, sit with it, stew in it, think about it, but you, then you got to keep it moving. Yeah. I like that, Jason. Yeah. It is like a loading zone. It really, I mean, yeah, you got to feel it. I think the main thing for us as bariatric patients is actually feeling our emotions, acknowledging our emotions, naming our emotions. I mean, I never did that before no. surgery. No. I ate my emotions. <laughs> Right. Yeah. We had one speed and it was just eaten. Like, I didn't give a shit what it was called. I didn't care. I didn't care to name it. I just wanted to get rid of it. Numb it out. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, <laughs> pants on and eat all the food. Exactly. Or just take your pants off and sit on the couch. 
that's what I did. I was like, screw <laughs> pants. <laughs> this is a no pants situation. It's serious. The no pants zone. No pants zone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, that's what I did this morning. I literally, I was eating breakfast. The grief hit me. I cried over my breakfast. I finished my breakfast. And then I forced myself to go outside and walk. So I was like, you know what? It's not even worth it. It's not worth sitting here all day. It's beautiful, kind no. of shining. Like, just I get out. It. Well, and that's one of the ways I've kind of dealt with, you know, like I said, with my mom's situation is like, I look at it in a way that, because my, like my brother is older than I am, but he's completely wrecked and devastated and he will never be the same since she's been gone. And I hate that for him because I always thought like from the moment she passed, like I spent 10 weeks with her on the hospital before she went, her and I left nothing on the table. Like everything was, everything was out. So I know before she passed, she grabbed my hand, told me it was going to be okay. And, you know, things went the way they went. But for me, I always look at it in a way of, would she be okay with me sitting here like this and just being destroyed and never living my life to the full potential I could have lived it? Or would she look at me and tell me, you know, what are you doing? Get up do what you got to do like you got to be like because she was professional all the way to the end like very that was just her thing like she was very proper professional like that was her shit so she was all, like that was my thing like I, I didn't get to just sit around and just not do anything like for her it was you know push forward do the things do all you got to do like my dad bailed on us when I was nine years old she was a single stay-at-home mom like at that point she was a stay-at-home mom with two kids she didn't have a job because she had been working for him doing his like his billing and paperwork and stuff for his business so she didn't have a job she didn't have contact she didn't have nothing she had a like she reached out to somebody from like 10 years before when she had had a job working in the senate worked her way up from nothing from a housewife all the way up to the executive vice president of the oklahoma bankers association and was killing it and did that from like my pops just being like all right man i'm out and luckily it was summertime so or it was bad enough it was summertime because she had to find daycare for two kids and go try to find a job and do something with a mortgage like that she had she just had literally everything dumped in her lap and so from watching her build and do those things like there was not an option for us to just not do shit like I couldn't just sit around and be like I'm so so like of course I was devastated that I lost my mother but at the same time there was things that needed to be done so it was about pushing and moving forward, getting the things done and always thinking about the amazing times we had together, but I couldn't dwell on the fact that I didn't have her here. Like that wasn't an option because like Tanya said, you can't change it. No, nothing. I, I could lay in bed for two months and eat nothing but shit all day long. She's not going to come back through the door and be like, stop eating those things, get up and do something for you. Like, so you have to find a way that maneuvers you through that and that doesn't have to be losing someone special it, it can be literally anything you deal with in life if you can change it get up and do it because changing it's not going to happen from laying down feeling sorry for yourself eating your feelings any of those things none of that changes what's in front of you at that time you have to get up and put the work in to move whatever's in front of you out of the way so that you can continue to move forward yep Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah i had lost my dad a few years ago too 
Ugh. he was very young and my husband actually had quit his job and was my dad's caretaker. My dad had a double lung transplant and then we got eight more years with them. And then he got cancer in the lungs. Damn. And my mom had a grand mal seizure and a stroke. And my mom's only 73 now. And so it was like all of those things. And my dad died the same day we took my son to college. He was waiting for, I think, Caleb to leave to go to school before he knew he knew it was coming. Cause he had asked me, are you going to take tomorrow off work? And I was like, well, I think I'm going to go to the office and then we're going to take Caleb down to Ashland for school. Okay. Okay. And his last basically things he said was to my mom was, oh, Caleb's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And so it's like, I've had like all of these things. And it was kind of like after him dying, I kind of went on that healthy, like I'm going to get fit. Yeah. Instead, I kind of did the, I'm going to eat eat late at night when nobody knows and then I got really it got bad. during the day <laughs> I look like I'm trying during the day <laughs> then at nighttime when everybody's in bed I'm gonna be in there like the little rat in the cupboard <laughs> yeah. the lies we tell yeah, ourselves as long as we make it look good that's we can yeah. tell ourselves anything as long as it looks good to everybody else we're the worst to ourselves and that's the that's the hardest part about this whole journey Yep. So I'm, I'm glad that I made this decision decision because I continue, I told Natalie and the girls when we were in Walla Walla, bariatric surgery saved my life. Yeah. And it, it not just that healthy physical part of, of what it gave me, but it gave me a community of people that when I had the hard shit hit with the accident that I had this outlet that I had meaning and I always say you know and I anybody that follows me on Instagram knows I talk about it all I don't hide anything I talk about mental health I talk about grief I talk about weight loss I talk about it all I don't care because if I can help one person understand that they're not alone that this is hard life in general is hard life is not easy and it is what we make of it. I didn't choose for that person to make the choice that day to drive and kill my husband. No. But I did make the choice to take care of me. And that's where I'm at. Well, your surgery, and we talked about this too, your surgery kind of taught you how to take care of yourself mm-hmm. for the after of the accident. I mean, you, you mentioned it before you were getting in protein, you were walking, you did all of the things. It saved me. Exactly. It, it, and it, it, it is a life changing life saving surgery. It's not the easy way for anybody. And it makes me mad when I hear that. Like it like makes me angry. (laughs) and the thing and the thing about it is is to add on to that it is life-changing and life-saving but it's also for life like it is not a everybody wants to get to the end of the journey get to the oh if I get to my goal weight it's all going to be better like that's the end I I can be done no dude this is forever I've seen people yeah I mean people like you you're going to be in this and like the end zone is when you die like you're here you're a bariatric patient forever like that's it the, the journey never stops. Like you're just there, you're doing it. Whether it's, you know, pre-op, post-op, maintenance, whatever the hell that may be, whatever that looks like. Hit your goal weight, that's awesome. Guess what? Now you gotta, now you gotta stay there. You know, and right. I want to be healthy for my my grandkids. I want to show, I mean, you got grandkids, Jason, don't you want to be around for them? Absolutely. And that, that great example for them. 
I don't want my grandkids to think that I'm just sad all the time and unhealthy. I mean, they even notice now they're like, Grammy, you can run with us now and you can get up off the floor without going, Ugh. well, I still make those noises, but it's a different kind of way to do it. <laughs> There's a difference okay, in the age not. and the weight grown. The age grown and the weight grown are way different. Totally. <laughs> you know, but it's, we want to set those examples for our kids and, and the people, you know. Well, so our family members. I mean, yeah. the fact that like my cousin had surgery after me, it's like you want to be there for people in your life. Well, you want to be there for you. Yes. Yeah. Your life. Yeah. Well, yeah. And right. as a as an as people pleasers as most of us have been all of our lives because we want to save those relationships <laughs> because nobody will want us if we're just here for us. If we're not doing things for them and saving the world for everybody else, like they're they're gonna they're gonna realize that we don't need to be around. So I I never really understood it never really hit me the two analogies that I stick with the most are you can't pour from an empty cup and put your oxygen mask on before you help anybody else. Those two things really never hit home until I was trying to learn to stop helping everybody else. And people get so worried about that. And yeah, your phone may quit ringing for a little while. Your phone may get a little quiet. You may stop getting a few text messages, but guess what? Those aren't the people you need in your circle anyway. If those people are only around for what you can do for them, then that's not serving you at all anyway. You need to be around people that are going to be in your circle cheering you on during the worst and the best times for no other reason than they just want to see you win. Yeah, totally. I think that's the thing. You know, I get messages all the time like, I want to have surgery, but I'm scared. And yeah, it's scary. It still is. Like I'm almost two years post-op and I'm still scared. Like, every day. I don't want to be 400 pounds again, but you will not find one person who regrets having surgery. I know people that have had the most amount of complications you can have and the people that have almost died multiple times post-op. Uh, yeah. Every every one of them still say the same thing. I'd do it a hundred times over. I can honestly say though, I do know somebody that regrets having the surgery. Really? I actually just had a conversation with them last week. Wow. And it breaks my heart. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and they regret it because they've not done the work. Ah, yes. It's easier to blame the surgery than it is to blame yourself. And I had exactly what I said. We had the same surgeon. We're 30 days apart from one another. And that individual has chose not to make the right choices. They chose. So they say they regret the surgery. It didn't work for them. And I said, actually, the surgery did work for you. You didn't work for the surgery. Yeah. 100%. That's the hardest conversation to have with yourself is the one where you not only point the blame, but accept the blame and realize that you could have done better, but chose not to. Yep. And that's where I circle full circle back. I've made these choices. I could have made choices that were different than what I made but they were my choices to not be sad to not be broken yeah feel my feels and not to eat my feels and like I like the sit in it for a moment and it's a loading zone that's gonna be a new one (laughs) that's a good it's a good one Jason says it often and I always 
you're right. Okay, it's a loading <laughs> zone. I'm gonna park here because some man in an orange vest is gonna come over and yell at me. <laughs> you you <laughs> a window tap and tell you you gotta keep it moving. You gotta go. Um. So before we wrap up, Tanya, I would like to ask you. This summer, I know, has been a great summer, but I know from following you, it's also been full of some feels, um, just with uh, some anniversaries and surge anniversaries. Um, how, what are, have been some tools that you've used to stay steady this summer? So for me, it's meal prepping, planning, not, ne not necessarily prepping, but planning. So I grocery shop with intention of what I'm going to have in the house. I journal a lot. Um, and if, even if I don't have something to write, even if it's one word I write, or if it's word vomit all over my journal, if I don't have it with me, I use my notes section in my iPhone. Um, leaving Walla Walla, um, I, I don't think I've shared this with you leaving and backing out of the driveway. I got a text from a friend and then all of a sudden I started bawling. Like I just had this great weekend with these wonderful friends. A friend was checking in on me to, to say, Hey, you know, drive safe home, blah, blah, blah. Let me know when you get home, check in. And it just made me cry. Like I have all these people in my life and it just like hit me and I immediately hit the record button on my note section and like word vomited all these feelings into it. Aww. So that's kind of been my way. Um, you know, one of the big things this summer that I dealt with was storage unit things. Like we have mm -hmm. these storage units and I've had to go through Keith's stuff that I hadn't done yet. And he left quite the mess for me in there. And I cursed him a little, <laughs> and, but he was never a good organizer. That's me. And I asked for help. That was really hard for me to do because that's not something that I do. Uh, I asked a neighbor if they could come help me to go through it all, not do it for me, but just having that person there. Yes. And to like physically do some of the stuff that I couldn't do because it was heavy tools mm -hmm. and different things or asking my son-in-law for help that I needed to have my home pressure washed versus doing things. So learning to ask for help and giving myself the grace to do it. Those are some of the big things to stay on track for me. That's huge. I mean, asking for help is huge, especially when dealing with those heavy tasks, both physically and mentally. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, it was heavy in more than one way. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And I, uh, you know, uh, my, one of my cousins and I, we grew up very close to each other. Our moms were best friends. Her mom passed away about 10 years ago. And about three years ago, um, she and my uncle were cleaning out their storage unit same thing. I mean, it was a mess. It hadn't been touched in, you know, eight years. And, um, it was the same thing. I didn't do a lot, but I was there. Mm -hmm. And for them to ask for, for my help, I know it was needed because they also don't ask for help. So I'm glad that you did, um, did do that. Yeah. It's well hard for me to ask for help. I'm a very independent my, my parents always said that I was just very strong-willed child, <laughs> meaning I was a brat, yes. <laughs> but I definitely am. I'm very much a, I don't ask for help. I don't 
I don't seek it out, but I've learned that's part of taking care of me now is it's okay to ask for help. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, a lot of people in our position really feel that like we really hate to ask for help because I'm the same exact way. Like I'll just, I'll, I'll try to do anything by myself before I ask anybody to help me do anything. Yeah. But I love what you brought up about journaling because you said, you know, both ends of the spectrum, it can be one word or it can be word vomit because mm-hmm. a lot of people think that they have to have these grand, like four page journal entries that have to be published before they can go to bed. And it just, it's one of those things, like no matter when or where you journal, feelings are feelings you can have one you can write down in that shit open it up and be like happy done journal journal entry done you can write mad sad upset whatever it may be and sometimes writing that one word helps the other words to come after it so it doesn't all like you don't have to open it with this grand plan of being this you know gigantic journal entry to do it and it to help and i've done where i've just written shitty day and the next day opened it up again and went yesterday was a shitty day why was it <laughs> then like because I wasn't ready to deal with it but when I saw that word again then I was yeah, yeah and you start unpacking it and you realize like sometimes you may go back and look at it and realize and be like well I mean I guess it wasn't that shitty like it wasn't really that bad like I could have written more context to it and said part of it was shitty but I didn't let it encompass the entire day to be shitty because that you know people just assume that just because like you could have 10 wrong things happen to you before you even make it to work in the morning. That does not mean the rest of your day has to suck. It just means you had a bad morning. Oh, I had a bad morning when I went to go meet the girls in Walla Walla. Yeah. (laughs) We all were having a morning. I swear. (laughs) We all showed up and we we just did a collective, like, okay let's move on like <laughs> like we all we're in our little text thread and we're like man we're late and tanya shared her saga <laughs> and i was like it's okay we had a morning too and then but pro- even just texting i mean that's the thing like exactly. i have i have text threads with friends um both in this community and not and yeah that's a journal like you can just say hey I need to vent to someone I need someone to text back to me I do that to my friends all the time and that's journaling um I have a gratitude journal I still buy the ones on Amazon that I posted about like forever ago because Mm -hmm. they're simple you check in in the morning you check in at night and you're good and I can see Sometimes I can see that change, Jason, where I wake up, I'm in a sour mood. I'm upset about something. I just feel crummy for no reason. And then by the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, I worked through it. It's fine. Yeah. Good. I mean, that's that's the beauty of it is realizing. I mean, and it's a mindset shift. It's legitimately yeah. like we've been programmed to think that if your day starts bad, your day is just bad all the, all the way through. But it doesn't always have to be that way. Like it, it wouldn't matter if you had a great day in the morning and something sh- shitty happened at lunch. And then guess what? At the end of the day, you can still wrap it up with a good day. You yeah. just have to be willing to look past whatever's in front of you at the time, because it's just, it's no worse than stepping over a puddle or a pile of trash or whatever else it may be. You just have to get around it and keep it moving. Like it's not going to follow you. It's not going to, you know, the rain cloud doesn't just follow you all day and just rain on you. Like you're, you're, you're good. Like you can step out of the way, get an umbrella, do what you got to do, but just keep it moving. Just find a way, you know, Tanya, I'm going to just use this forever now. Just find your rainbow. 
find your rainbow in whatever storm it may be, because that, I mean, that's, that's how you keep pushing forward. It's what worked for me. I love Well, you are a very bright light in our community. So I'm going to do what you do because (laughs) it seems to be working for you. So, (laughs) um, well, We've been talking for about an hour now, so I think we can jump <laughs> a little bit. We could go forever. I, I talked to Tanya all the time. Um, Tanya, where can people find you? I know you also have a little um, business that you do as well. Would you like to hear about that? I do. I was not working. So just my husband was, and I'm like, oh, I kind of need to do something, but I don't want to go back to the workforce. So I started a little business and I do well sublimation cups. Natalie has a few. Apple. <laughs> um, and it's I just use my initials TDB Creations LLC. And I'm on Instagram as well with that. Yes. Go check it out. She does customs. She has like a lot of really fun fall stuff. So or you can um, always text me like Nat with funny ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I send her all my ideas and I'm like, you can just create this for me. It's fine. I'll buy it later. <laughs> um, well, thank you for sharing your story. We really appreciate it. And we're just so lucky to have you in our community. And I'm glad that you're my friend. Thank you. I'm the lucky one. Thank you guys. <laughs> uh, all right, Jason, you want to take us out? Yes, ma'am. Uh, Tiny, we do thank you so much, uh, not just for today, but for always. You're always the brightest light, no matter where you go, no matter who you meet, no matter who you're around, you're, you're the brightest light of the party. and We just can't thank you enough for that. You've helped all of us individually, collectively, and it's just amazing to have you, uh, to have you in our circle. So we appreciate that. And uh, for the community, we just appreciate you guys liking, sharing, subscribing, continuing to spread the word about Bear Nation to those that who may not know, because uh, community is treatment, as Laura says, and we need all of the help that we can get. So continue to like, share, and subscribe. Continue to leave us ratings and reviews on your favorite podcast player, as well as our YouTube channel. And on the Anchor app, if you listen to us there, you can also leave us voice messages that we can incorporate into future episodes because we love sharing all the information that you guys can give us and the feedback as well. And just remember, at the end of the day, you've got this, we've got you, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.